Welcome everyone to this uh, first session of the Ask Pricing class, a little experimental session. What is the objective? Uh, the objective is to prepare you uh, to facilitate uh, your reading of the first chapter of uh, the text Intermediate Financial Theory, which corresponds to the support for this course in asset pricing. Uh, I will be relatively brief. The sequence of events will be as follows. You will uh, have this introduction. Then you will have a chance to read you by yourself the chapter. And in the first physical class, you will have a chance to answer, uh, to ask, sorry, the question that I will try to answer on this chapter. Specifically, uh, I will try to provide you with an introduction of the first four sections, sorry, the first five sections of this chapter, and I will concentrate on section 1-6 in class in the next uh, course. Let me change the color writing of these uh, notes uh, for you to see better. So 1-6 will be the section on which I will concentrate in class, section 1 to 1-5, will be on a question and answer basis. Now, what uh, is the topic of this first chapter? The topic of this first chapter is really an idea of stepping back and asking yourself why does it make sense to study finance? Why what is the difference that finance can make? Is it the case that there is a disconnect between uh, real markets and financial markets? Uh, what is the social purpose of financial markets? So we have two main questions here, and these are background discussions more than a fundamental uh, technical discussion. That's why your reading will be essential. Does finance make sense on social grounds? And what are the functions that financial markets, financial instruments, financing institutions really perform? These topics, of course, are fully covered in the book, and this is only an introduction. So the uh, other aspect of this chapter is that in the course of answering this question, we introduce the notion of general equilibrium theory. Uh, this is a very important set of economic theory that has, in fact, some laws and connection. General equilibrium theory was uh, discovered, was founded by Leon Valhas, who was professor in Lausanne in the first part of the 20th century. It was then uh, continued and developed by Gérard de Breu, a French economic uh, economist working at UCLA. Oh, sorry, at UC Berkeley, and by Ken Arrow, who was professor at Stanford, and these two guys, Debreu and Arrow, got a Nobel Prize uh, early on in the first uh, periods of the Nobel Prize, win, uh, Nobel Prize in economics for their work on general equilibrium theory. Now, what are we going to do with general equilibrium? We are going to cover it in section 1.6. That's what I'll do next time. And I will separately uh, provide you with an introduction to the appendix, which is a first uh, broad uh, review of some of the results and the methods of general equilibrium theory. So, very briefly, 
what are the functions of financial markets, what are the functions of finance. Well, we have uh, two important dimensions, the time dimension and in the next slide, the risk dimension. Let's try to think of a world where there would be no time. It would be no or never. Well, in this world of no and never, we would not need any finance. Finance is useful, finance is necessary because there is time, because there is in particular a disconnect between income and consumption. And for that reason, we will make emphasis between consumption stream and income stream in discussing the role of finance and in fact throughout the class. So the time dimension uh, is revealed by the importance of pensions and retirement investment. If you think about it, probably one half or more than the majority of uh, uh, asset investment and preoccupations are related with retirement. Maybe from your point of view it's not very exciting, but it's certainly very important. What is the problem? The problem is that individuals want to consume throughout their life and unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, they are not able to work until their very last day. So, in particular, they would like to make sure that they have the means of consuming after retirement. Again, may not look very exciting from your perspective, but this need to adjust the consumption stream with the income stream is the most fundamental motivation of finance and financial institutions, and you will have to admit this is an important dimension. It's not the most exciting one either from the point of view of theory, the other one, the risk dimension, turns out to be the one that creates most of the problem. If, we, if time was the only issue, the, this course could be a two-week course. Because there is risk, we are going to be working hard for the next 12 or 13 weeks. What's the problem with risk? The problem with risk is that, again, one would like to achieve a smooth consumption stream. One would like to consume every day more or less at the same level, the same standard of living, despite the risk that one faces in life. And what are these risks? Think about it. I will mention a few of them. Certainly, unemployment risk is the first one. Health risk, health-related risk are two other types of risk that are absolutely crucial. Now, these types of risk and many others are satisfied, are met by insurance market. Insure is the key word here, and insurance markets, of course, are part of financial institution. But these are not the only risk. Because of the previous case on uh, the, the, what we discussed, the time dimension, uh, individuals have to accumulate assets. 
this is their savings. Now, then, because of that, comes a very important risk, and the risk is that the value of the accumulated savings falls down. What happens if your savings are invested in an asset that loses most of its value? You have lost your savings. And the management of savings, the management of the asset, is what lead to the notion of diversification and the notion of hedging. Okay? The way uh, we think about this uh, as, uh, is one where we will uh, try to mimic our thinking along the time dimension when it comes to risk. In order to do that, we introduce the notion of states of nature. It's a very important notion that is described in detail in the book. State of nature, the notion of state of nature is the notion by which uh, one view the future as a set of alternative scenarios or scenarii. Right? So the future is uncertain, but there are very many, many different possible futures uh, which are alternative ways of thinking about it, and these are described as alternative states of nature. We will come back on this notion in many instances. The nice thing about this notion is that it, it makes it possible to draw a very strict parallel between the time dimension and the risk dimension. The third function of financial market is actually very important but will be somewhat less present in this uh, course, and it is related to the fact that contrary to my discussion so far, in fact, many individuals importantly choose, again change color, many individuals choose to disconnect, to dissociate their consumption and income stream. My distinction here is between choosing and being imposed. If you break your leg, typically you didn't choose it. It is an important event that for which you will want to insure. Yet, some of the most important risk and some of the most important disconnection between consumption and income are selected, are chosen by individuals, and these individuals play a very important role in the economy. This is what we call the entrepreneurs. Okay? Entrepreneurs are individuals who decide to earn very little money for a while, or in fact to invest much more than what they own. They have, in a sense, a negative income for some period of time in order to achieve some result, the consequence of which will typically be a large income, or a hope of a large income later on, and thus a, a very irregular pattern of income stream from which they would like to achieve, nevertheless, a smooth consumption. Why is this important? This is important because it means that the way finance is going to resolve this consumption smoothing problem is going to have an impact on the incentive provided to people to, enter, to, to, to develop entrepreneurial projects. And key to this problem is the notion of asymmetric information, the notion that uh, individuals 
and individual entrepreneurs have more information on what they want to do and on the amount of effort that they want to, pro to uh, provide than the financiers, the banker, or uh, the uh, venture capitalist. This will not be at the top of our preoccupation. There is a discussion of this problem in Chapter 2. This is the heart of corporate finance. But of course, it needed to be mentioned in uh, this first introduction because it is part of uh, the function. It's one of the very important functions. We call it the screening and monitoring function of the financial system. Okay, I think I'm a bit longer than I thought I would be. Let me uh, give you a few more uh, information on uh, the next on the next slide. What is it that we try to do in the next uh, two sections? Actually, uh, uh, yeah, the next two sections uh, is ask the question: What are the stakes? We have discussed the functions, but the question is, is it all important or is it sort of irrelevant? And the idea of the next two, in fact, the next three sections, but I'm not going to go to the third one, is to say finance is crucial for growth. And if I go to the next slide, no, the next slide, sorry, and finance is crucial to the business cycle. Okay? Uh, let me not insist on this. Uh, there, uh, there is a lot of in particular macroeconomic content in these two sections, I will only touch on them. The spirit, what I want you to get from that is one thing, finance is important for growth. And here we have some discussion of the link between savings and growth in 90 developed countries, 90 developing countries, and uh, we believe, uh, we have evidence that this is crucial. The second idea, and I skipped this one, is that finance is important for the business cycle. And here I would like to throw in the discussion one name, Ben Bernanke. Who is Ben Bernanke? Ben Bernanke is the chairman of the Federal Reserve Board. Well, before being chairman of the Federal Reserve Board, Bernanke was a distinguished economist who did his work in particular on the importance of the financial system for the stability of the economy on the role of financial intermediation of the uh, money transmission mechanism for the stability of the business cycle. You have an introduction to this topic in section 1.5. Last bit, last bit. Uh, this is important, but it's not the most important. The most important is that economy is not managed, is not designed Political, uh, the politis, uh, economic policies are not designed to maximize growth or to stabilize consumption. They are designed to maximize social welfare. And thinking about social welfare in this context is exactly what we will want to do with general equilibrium theory in section 1.6 and in many of the chapters that will be covered in this class. That's it for this introduction. <laughs>